The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. I'm going to ask a very uncomfortable but very necessary question on this podcast. Why does the left, why do the Democrats, why does Hollywood, why do they have a pedophile problem? I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. It seems to pop up quite regularly on the left. And, you know, there's the QAnon theory that they're running a child sex trafficking ring across the border so that they can you know, take the adrenochrome from the babies and drink it and it makes them look youthful. And, you know, they, I don't know, but I do know that they do have a problem with pedophilia. So that part, they might've got right. I don't know about you. They might've been on the money on that one. Um, seems to come up quite a bit. We're now finding out that the Hunter Biden laptop that had some very concerning things found on it with underage girls. Um, yeah, that's now been confirmed. Wait a minute. So when Rudy Giuliani was talking about it, that was all just crazy talk. It wasn't even his laptop. We can't confirm it. It was all BS, right? And then all of a sudden, somebody, New York Post, I think it was, was going to write about it right before the election. Oh, and then that got squashed, right? But then we find out just today that the Hunter Biden laptop was more than just a smear campaign. Am I right, President Corn pop. So what about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? How are you going to get them to see that you are fighting for them when they're so By dead the way, set against you? It's, it's, there's nothing to any of that. Nothing to any of that. It's all a smear. Every major outfit, every serious investigator has pointed out that this is a smear. This is classic Trump. We have four days left, and all of a sudden, there's a laptop. And you may, you may recall, there's also talk about four months before, there was a similar thing that somebody had, allegedly. There's overwhelming evidence that from the intelligence community that the Russians are engaged. I mean, look, this is my son's an honorable man, and all the investigations that were done around the issue of what was going on in Ukraine, if you notice, every one of the major people who work for Trump during the impeachment, went under oath, and under oath said Biden did his job. No law was broke. Biden, this Biden, did his job. Hunter Biden broke no laws. That was the testimony, their testimony from Republicans and intelligence community people. So I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I just think, look, politics has become too crass, too dirty, too ugly, and the, and the perpetrator of an awful lot of this has been, he didn't start at all, but... He has taken him to a new level. Hunter's an upstanding, decent man. He only snorted Parmesan cheese off of a Motel 6 carpet after he banged out a stripper and impregnated her, and he doesn't even remember her name. But then he also married his dead brother's wife, and he was discharged from the Navy because of the fact that they found uh, you know, methamphetamines and crack pipes on the dash of the, uh, of the rented vehicle that he had. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's Joe Biden on the campaign trail as he's running. That's just, it's all BS. It's a smear job. 
uh, looks like it's correct, right? And I love what the uh, the writer of the article, and we'll get into that article in a little bit. I got some other things I want to touch on before we get there. But So the New York Times actually comes out and confirms what the New York Post was putting out. And I love this, this tweet by uh, Emma Jo Morris. She was the one who was responsible for the original posting in the New York Post that was blocked by all social media right before the election because they thought it was like a Hillary Clinton email dump, Podesta email dump, and it was true. This stuff was real, just like the Hillary Clinton Podesta emails were real. And uh, she says, just to clarify, the New York Times did not confirm my reporting on the laptop from hell. They did not add any new information speaking to its authenticity. All they did was admit that it was legit. That's not a minor distinction. And I'm like, yeah, so they confirmed that Rudy Giuliani was correct, am I right? It seems to be that they did. But we also know that it's in corporate leftism, too, because leftists have taken over the corporate sector. That's why we've got these uh, government corporate co-ops going on where, you know, if you're not going to do something and government wants you not to do it, or if you're going to do something, government wants you not to do it, then they'll just get corporations to shut you down so they don't have to go through the painstaking uh, task of making legislation to do something about it. Or if they want to cancel Russia, you know, if they don't like Putin and they want to get him popped off and and uh, shoved out of office by the oligarchs, they're just going to squeeze the entire nation and uh, leave them high and dry. And they're going to do that with McDonald's and Disney. And we'll get into Disney <laughs> yeah, the little Mickey Mouse Club. Why is all why are all of the actors and actresses coming off the Mickey Mouse Club? Why do they all have crazy mental issues? Um could be a little bit of pedophilia going on out there. I think uh you know, you, you got Britney Spears and her conservatorship, Amanda Biles and her conservatorship and uh, I I don't know. There's a lot of crazy things, but uh Lindsay Lohan, I mean, I don't know. Could be just a hunch, but based on their track record, and they're out there trying to protest what they call the Don't Say Gay Bill, which has no reference to gay anywhere in the seven pages, so you can read it. Basically, it's a bill being passed in Florida that is saying, hey, we don't want your kids to be taught sex education. We don't want them groomed. We don't want them to know about transgenderism and all this and that. They don't need pronouns, call their classmates he, her, him, his, sis, blah, blah, blah. Basically, that was what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep it on a very technical, educational level because these kids don't need to be introduced to that crap yet. But Disney wants to support it. In fact, Disney's going to have such an issue with it that they're going to go down and talk to Ron DeSantis about it. But then Disney has a little problem, too, and we'll get into that as the show goes on. Um, so, yeah, Nexium, Jeffrey Epstein, Lolita Express flying around you know, Bill Gates and Bill Clinton and any of these leftists, they've got a pedophilia problem. And I love this article from uh, The Federalist. It basically sums that up. The left has a pedophilia problem. It's out in the open. And it says, like many others, I have fond memories of my childhood, whether I was marching in an Independence Day parade, binge watching the Power Rangers or making gingerbread men for Christmas with my family. I had the chance to enjoy a childhood that preserved my innocence an innocence that is unique to children that once lost does not return. A sublet of children growing up today will likely recall certain aspects of their childhood very different differently. The left has with a startling degree of success 
endeavored to reshape our society by embedding their beliefs within the experience of childhood, overshadowing 4th of July parades with gay pride parades, implanting LGBTQRS++, whatever it is, propaganda in children's shows, and supplanting gingerbread men with gendered person pronouns. In isolation, any of these specific instances would be unsettling, to say the least, but by viewing them in the larger context, one reaches a conclusion that is just as unconscionable as it is unavoidable. It isn't just that controversial beliefs are being thrust into childhood experiences, but that the natural curiosity, openness, and naivety, that is the inherent disposition of youth, is being hijacked to normalize a divergent sexual ethic. This interest in children's not purely ideological, however, with increasing frequency, the obvious has become undeniable. Those who have a creepy obsession with involving children in their sexual taste and use any avenue at their disposal to do so either have a direct sexual interest in children or want to run cover for those who do, which we're going to get into that with the Supreme Court nominee in just a moment. The left has a pedophilia problem, and it's only getting worse. I was made painstakingly aware of the fact that when I attended the 2019 San Francisco Pride Parade to interview attendees for my YouTube channel, which I co-host with a friend, one particularly honest marcher told my co-host that he is down for the kink with the kids, mentioning later that he believed that age is a construct. Another demonstrator informed me that child involvement in drag is so cool and that there should be more kids doing drag before saying that the statement, love has no age and 100% true and letting loose a Freudian slip when he admitted that a child drag queen who performed in a gay nightclub was paid the same manner as they do with strippers. In case you have the impression that this is an isolated incident, take a look at this mashup of Vice headlines, which in several instances attempt to generate sympathy for pedophiles, obfuscate the definition of pedophilia, and confer legitimacy to non-offending pedophiles, including the pseudonymously named Ian, whose job, quote, involved children directly, and another called Gary, a man who, quote, developed feelings for a three-year-old girl but calls himself a virtuous pedophile who supposedly doesn't act on his attraction. Gary uh, was also a foster parent to three children and was subsequently accused of sexually assaulting one of the young girls. So these articles, check these headlines out. This eight-year-old drag queen doesn't care what the haters say. Pedophile opens up of being targeted by vigilantes. A child rape victim on why society should be more empathetic to pedophiles. Another one, most child sex abusers are not pedophiles, experts say. I spent a year living with non-offending pedophiles. This is Vice Canada. The current misconception is that every pedophile is a child monster, and if they're not, it's just a matter of time. It's important to show the world that's not the case. Meet the child stars of the controversial new wave of drag. These articles offer some rather striking context for other articles from Vice such as the one in which they fawn over photos of the fabulous kids of RuPaul's drag convention, which the publication describes with a fire emoji. As mentioned earlier, 
one of these children danced on stage for money in a New York City gay bar for a crowd of adult men. Unless you believe that Vice is alone in their attempt to normalize pedophilia, turn your attention to the New York Times article, What's the Best Way to Protect Sex Workers? Depends on Whom You Ask, which opens with the line, T.S. Candy first traded sex at age 13. No, New York Times, that's called pedophilia, not trading sex. The article reports glowingly on the pedophilic serial rape of a child who turned to prostitution after she was forced out of her family home before taking refuge with a group of older transgender women who became her mentors and taught her how to support herself through sex. Normal people would think this sounds a whole lot like a group of perverts pimping out a homeless child for sex. One has to ponder why euphemisms are being used to try to obscure that reality. Perhaps it's because the left has a pedophilia problem. They do. And that pedophilia problem is about to hit home with our new Supreme Court justice nominee. And thank God for people like Josh Hawley. Because he's the one who found this out. Now, the whole time I've been hearing about her, I've been hearing that I think she has like some sort of black liberation theology uh, uh, issues, like a BLM aspect. Uh, and there's, there's some Marxism involved. But uh, apparently she's got a little bit of a track record. Listen to this thread from Josh Hawley. I've been researching the record of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, reading her opinions, articles, interviews, and speeches, I've noticed an alarming pattern when it comes to Judge Jackson's treatment of sex offenders, especially those preying on children. He says Judge Jackson has a pattern of letting child porn offenders off the hook for their appalling crimes, both as a judge and as a policymaker. Hmm, that's odd. So wait a minute, the president whose son has issues with pedophilia has a justice that's going to be on the Supreme Court? Who's soft on pedophilia? Wow, that's interesting, isn't it, to say the least? As far as her time back in law school, Judge Jackson has questioned making convicts register as sex offenders, saying it leads to stigmatization and ostracism. She's suggested public policy is driven by a, quote, climate of fear, hatred, and revenge against sex offenders. And she's got her own little work, uh, own little writings referenced here. Um... Unbelievable. This is, I mean, you would never believe. These are the moral betters. Remember, these are your virtuous moral betters who don't do mean tweets and are always reaching across the aisle in their, you know, bipartisan, right? Judge Jackson has also questioned sending dangerous sex offenders to civil commitment. We have a civil commitment um, law in Missouri, and it protects children. It gets worse. As a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Judge Jackson advocated for drastic change in how the law treats sex offenders by eliminating the existing mandatory minimum sentences for child porn. Judge Jackson has said that some people who possess child porn are, quote, in this for either the collection or the people who are loners and find status in their participation in the community. What community would that be? The community of child exploiters? That would be the NAMBLA committee. We're starting to see. Remember when NAMBLA just vanished, disappeared? They were out there pressing hard, and everybody was like, oh, you people are creeps. And then they just, poof, went away. I think they infiltrated lots of sectors, lots of parts of our institutions. All right, back to the thread. Judge Jackson has opined that there may be a type of 
less serious child pornography offender whose motivation is not sexual, but, quote, is the challenge or the use of technology a less serious child porn offender? In her time on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Judge Jackson said she mistakenly assumed that child pornography offenders are pedophiles, and she wanted to understand this category of non-pedophiles who obtain child pornography. It's just This is your Supreme Court nominee. I mean, can you imagine that? Judge Jackson deviated from the federal sentencing guidelines in favor of child porn offenders. In the case of United States versus Hawkins, the sex offender had multiple images of child porn. He was over 18. The sentencing guidelines call for a sentence of up to uh, 10 years. Judge Jackson sentenced the perpetrator to only three months in prison. Three months. The United States versus Stewart, the criminal possessed thousands of images of child porn and also hoped to travel across state lines to abuse a nine-year-old girl. The guidelines called for a sentence of 97 to 121 months. Judge Jackson sentenced the criminal to just 57 months. In the United States versus Cooper, in which the criminal had more than 600 images and videos posted many on public blogs, the guidelines called for a sentence of 151 to 188 months. Judge Jackson settled on 60 months, the lowest possible sentence allowed by law. In the United States versus uh, Chazen, the offender had 48 files of child porn, which, had had, uh, access, which he had accessed over a period of years. The guidelines recommended for 78 to 97 months, Jackson gave him 28. The United States versus Downs, the perp, posted multiple images of an anonymous instant messaging app, or to an anonymous instant messaging app, images of a child under the age of five. The guidelines recommended 70 to 87 months. Judge Jackson gave him the lowest sentence allowed by law, 60 months. In the United States versus Sears, the sex offender distributed more than 102 child porn videos. He was also sending lewd pictures of his own 10-year-old daughter. Guidelines recommended 97 to 121 months in prison. Judge Jackson gave him 71 months. This is a disturbing record for any judge, but especially one nominated to the highest court in the land. Protecting the most vulnerable shouldn't be up for debate. Sending child uh, predators to jail shouldn't be controversial. So far, the Sentencing Commission has refused to turn over all of Judge Jackson's records from her time there. In light of what we learned, this stonewalling must end. We must get access to all the relevant records. So that's Josh Hawley doing yeoman's work, digging up the past. I was wondering, what, what, what do we know about this chick? What do we know? We know that Brett Kavanaugh did not know Christy Blasey Ford at all, even though she's talking about getting raped in a dorm after playing beer pong. They, they were running a train on her, which none of that ever happened. And he was smeared. We know Clarence Thomas did not have any relations with Anita Hill. But Anita Hill can go around and have TV shows made about it, do a podcast with Christy Blasey Ford, and go on and on about the pube on the Coke, uh, Coke can, right? It was Long Dong Silver that, they, that she said that they watched together. None of that goes away. But this chick, who has a record of doing her job and looking the other way on pedophilia, the problem that the left has, and she's up for the highest nomina nomination in the land right now, 
And, you know, some Republicans, some squishy Mitt Romney types, they're going to go along and say, yeah, she's great. Let's pass her while they try to oust Mike Lee, one of the most conservative senators in our entire congressional body. It's, it's ridiculous. We've got to stop this with the nominations and we have to primary people like Mitt Romney. And then we have to somehow bring to light this pedophilia problem with the left because it's all over the place. We'll get into more of this on the other side of the break. This is Adrian Slade. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it. Because even grandma likes RuPaul. And the world's getting kinder. Gen Z's gayer than grinder. Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your fate. We'll convert your children. Someone's got to teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. Your children will care about That's the Gay Men's Choir, and they want to change your children. They're going to uh, go after your children. Now they're going to say, well, we just want to teach them not to be uh, haters into. But there's a lot of references throughout the song where they obviously are saying, hey, we're going to turn them. And that's the point of the whole thing happening in Florida. The don't say gay bill that has seven pages and it never says anything about whether or not you can say gay or not. Basically, what it is, is they want to keep teachers from indoctrinating your kids and start to hit them with uh, sex education when they're like five, right? Who's not down for that? I am. I don't want them teaching my five-year-old about sex education at that age. And I definitely don't want to teach them about transgenderism and homosexuality and all this stuff when they're, uh, they probably just need to learn how to, you know, write the alphabet. How about do some numbers? You know, let's do some reading, writing, and arithmetic here. But they went nuts. In fact, Disney went after Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, because Disney was against the don't say gay bill, which is interesting because we've got a few articles from Disney that we're going to reference and just a few about their dealings with pedophilia. It's everywhere. Facebook. I mean, it's crazy. It's in the political realms. It's in the corporate realms. And it's all on the left. That seems to be the reason why I'm bringing this up is it's not that I'm saying that there's uh little incidences, I'm saying there's a culture. There's an absolute culture of pedophilia, whether it gets manifested into the machine of the child trafficking machine that must continue. That's why the border was reopened on day one under Joe Biden's presidency. That's how important it was for him. And we'll get into that, the Matt Gates aspect of what he talked about with non-governmental organizations teaming with the government and also teaming with the cartels and what have you to run people across the border. Um, we'll get into that aspect because Matt Gates uncovered some things and then he was targeted for doing so. But Matt Gates is actually going to explain this whole situation with Ron DeSantis. And in turn, he plays a clip of Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis pushing back on the left's push of this don't say gay bill and how Disney was trying to approach him 
Um, and it's really amazing that it really got to this point because it shows you how much the left wants to put things in place that support grooming and, 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 you know, sexualizing our kids. Yeah. Here's Matt Gates breaking down what happened in Florida. They call it the don't say gay bill, but that's a misnomer. It's really just legislation that keeps instructors within the guardrails of academic instruction. At a time when Americans are falling behind the rest of the world in math and science, you'd think we'd want to focus more on those things. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is a supporter of this legislation. He replied to Disney with this statement. When you have companies that have made a fortune off being family friendly and catering to families and young kids, you know, they should understand that parents of young kids do not want this injected into their kids' kindergarten classroom. Uh, they do not want their first graders to go and be told that they can choose an opposite gender. That is not appropriate for those kids. And so if you're family friendly, understand uh, the parents who are actually raising families want to have their rights respected. And I also think that if you have companies like a Disney that are gonna say and criticize parents' rights, they're gonna criticize the fact uh, that we don't want transgenderism in kindergarten and first grade classrooms. And so in Florida, our policy is gonna be based on the best interest of Florida citizens, not on the musing of global corporations. DeSantis is right. As part of his penance to the Woketopian gods, Disney is donating $5 million to the Human Rights Campaign. They say it's to be used for LGBTQ plus purposes. Here's the thing. Disney doesn't give a damn about human rights, so long as they can make a profit. This is the credit slide from the filming of their hit movie, Mulan. They literally thank the publicity department of the Chinese Communist Party in Xinjiang, as well as the Turpan Municipality Public Security Bureau. Xinjiang is where Uyghur Muslims are interned in concentration camps, beaten, tortured, forced into labor camps. Disney has no problem praising, thanking, and associating with the Chinese Communist Party. But their association with Florida leaders like Ron DeSantis, who stand up for parents, well, that is just a bridge too far for Disney. Spare me. Disney used to be a source of great pride for my state. Imagination's fountainhead. Now, they're just far too much like many of the Fortune 100 businesses in America. Woke and unrecognizable. And that right there is why everybody loves Ron DeSantis, because he's not backing down. He didn't accept the premise, so the don't say gay bill, which is actually not what it's called. It's called the uh, Parents' Rights and Education Bill. <laughs> has nothing to do with saying gay or not. He didn't accept that premise. He pushed back on it, and then he turned around and, and pushed back on Disney because he was elected by the people. He wasn't elected by the corporations, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, Disney has a presence in Florida, obviously. They've had one since its inception. But their presence and their interests don't supersede the votes of the people. They should be considered just as every other individual. And that's a problem that we run into. Well, it's a private business. They should be able to do what they want. Yeah, they can't go pressuring policy and, and, and get their way over top the people, the parents who don't want this indoctrination of their children. And Disney has to double and triple down. 
This is the same organization that has tons of its employees getting busted in child sex rings, which we'll get into in just a second. So ESPN is owned by Walt Disney, ABC, all those, all those different media groups are all owned by Disney. And listen to this little back and forth. They want to have a moment of silence and they just keep going on and on about the LGBTQRS and human rights. Human rights is violated for some reason uh, in this bill, right? Because that's what they do. That's, that's the UN spin on it is to use human rights as the shield to protect the, the gay agenda from going forward. Um, ESPN has to throw this in the middle of March Madness. Listen to this garbage. Ago, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends. <laughs> human rights. ESPN. They See, they have to throw it in everything. But let's talk about Disney. If we're going to sit there and get on our, our high horses and talk about the don't say gay bill, look at this. Multiple Walt Disney employees among 17 suspects arrested in undercover child predator operation. This is August 3rd, 2001. Polk County Sheriff's Office detectives and partnering agencies conducted an undercover operation from July 27th to August 1st, 2021, during which detectives posed as juveniles on social media platforms, mobile apps, and online dating sites to investigate those who prey upon and travel to meet children for unlawful sexual activity. Detectives, uh, detectives from the Urbandale Police Department, Orlando Police Department, and Winter Haven Police Department and Orange County Sheriff's Office participated in what they called Operation Child Protector. The suspects communicated with and solicited who they thought were children between the ages of 13 and 14 for sex acts, and uh, there's a good chunk of them. In all, detectives arrest 17 suspects who faced a total of 49 felonies and two misdemeanor charges. Um, the interesting part about it was a majority of them were Disney employees. Unbelievable. Oh, we don't stop there. More than 100, including Disney workers, arrested in trafficking sting called March Sadness. That's what happened just a few weeks ago. New York Daily News. More than 100, including Disney workers, arrested in trafficking sting called March Sadness. Each of the suspects faces a range of charges, including some related to human trafficking, prostitution, and child uh, predation. These arrests come after a six-day undercover mission launched on March 8th, and it's that's Disney. I mean, <laughs> that's Disney. Yeah, unbelievable. And these people want to lecture us about having sex ed in our fifth grade and kindergarten uh, courses, you know, kindergarten to, to uh, fifth grade. I mean, that's crazy. Amid the probe, authorities identified dozens of prostitutes, many who shared online advertisements, as well as Johns who were seeking out their services. Detectives also worked to uncover adults connecting with minors online and then engaging in sexually charged uh, conversations with them. So, we get a ton of Disney employees busted and 
this is just them seeking out those relations. When we get into what the system is doing, the governmental system, in which what they do is they uh, aid and abet the child trafficking because I don't know what's on the other side of it. I don't know the industry, but there is an industry that benefits from this. And there's a lot of governmental employees and people in power that are facilitating all of this. And some are caught up in it. Maybe they're being blackmailed. You can say it's conspiracy theory, but you can go through history and see these kind of things. I mean, think of uh, most of these Islamic nations, their leaders and their, their caliphate leaders and their high priests taking 12 10-year-old brides, right? Concubines. Go back in history and look at Rome. Go back in history and look at Sodom and Gomorrah. The crowd outside of Lot's house that wanted to torch the place down because they wanted to have sex with whoever went into the house, which was the angels, and then Lot offered up his daughters. Um, well, they didn't care what the gender was. They just wanted to have sex, and they were going to burn the place down And uh, if they didn't have their way. Hmm, that doesn't sound familiar, does it? Sound like Antifa wanting to burn the place down? Most of them are uh, homosexuals or transgendered individuals with rap sheets and have child predator rap sheets. It's crazy. So, and then you look at like Moloch, you've got people that were offering their kids up as child sacrifices so that we could have a good plentiful, uh, you know, bounty of harvest. (laughs) I mean, this isn't new to human history. This depravity has always been embedded into a broken, sinful individual. So that's why we say if you don't have godliness and and Christ in your life, you leave yourself open to depravity, and that depravity can go a long, long way, and nothing will stop you. You You can justify anything. You can justify being a part of a sex trafficking ring. You can justify going down to Jeffrey Epstein's island and having your way with whoever because you're looking at uh, the pleasure and the fun, and you're not looking at what you've done to the minds and, and the and the character and the uh, the you know the innocence of these people that you're just destroying for your own pleasure. And we get into a lot of that with what's going on with Hunter Biden. The laptop is now confirmed, and people are going, "Well, wait a minute! That New York Post article that was being put out is real." Now, the one disturbing side of it is the Chinese influence and the Ukraine business dealings that. Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's brother was doing that all linked back to Joe Biden and would have probably been something to look at because those people are basically pulling his strings and he has a a coercive relationship with China. I mean, you know, Hunter Biden is uh, getting busted in pictures, you know, snorting lines of a blow off of someone's ass. It could be Chris Coons, uh, underage daughter, which apparently he had a relationship with them. Um, There was a lot of questionable relationships, and basically we have the equivalent of to catch a predator instead of Chris Hansen coming out and saying you're busted. It's Xi Jinping's regime taking photos and blackmailing these people. But we have the Chinese aspect of coercion with Joe Biden and what have you, but we also have what I'm focusing in on on this side is the culture of pedophilia that's littered all over his laptop, and remember, it's also littered all over Anthony Weiner's laptop. So when you look at what's on the laptop that's now corroborated by the New York Times, corroborating the New York Post story that we were not allowed to see, that they were not allowed to tweet out, 
which goes to what Rudy Giuliani was talking about, what he saw on the laptop with Bobolinsky, uh, Hunter Biden's former uh, former uh, M- co-owner, you know, former business dealings uh, uh, shareholder. Then we go, uh, what was on that laptop must be real. And that explains why you have this bizarre admission from our president talking about everybody knows someone who's been blackmailed into a sexual situation that's exploited online. Makes sense now, doesn't it? So we established a new civil rights a new civil rights cause of action for those whose intimate images were shared on the public screen. How many times have you heard? I bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position and then literally in a sense blackmails or mortifies that person. Sends it out, put it online. Gosh, I wonder why Joe Biden would actually want to pass legislation that can kind of thwart any sort of uh, manipulation or blackmail of individuals in compromising positions with their image or their videos posted online. I wonder why that would be the case. Um, Very uncomfortable pictures, Kara. So we had, you know, images of Natalie being horizontal. I'm trying to be as delicate as I can, but being horizontal with, with with Hunter, um, you have pictures of uh, Hunter without a shirt on uh, in some of the scenes. We have records of FaceTime uh, calls from Hunter to Natalie and Natalie to Hunter. So there's some uh, very questionable things in there, enough that we sent in a request to the authorities to see if anybody raised alarms about seeing about these uh, pictures once they had them in their, uh, in their hands. Ah, that's just one American news. They're nothing but fake news, right? I mean, they've been kicked off of Time Warner, so they must not be good news, right? Isn't that, isn't that how it works? By the way, Natalie was uh, Bo Biden, uh, Hunter Biden's dead brother's daughter, so it's uh, Hunter Biden's niece. What say you, Rudy Giuliani, who actually looked at the laptop? What is Rudy, America's mayor? who is now sullied for some reason just because he decided to support Trump. Um, Listen to his depiction of what's on the Hunter Biden laptop. The bribe money, which makes sense, actually. Uh, There's a there's a. um, Well, this is really a very, very sensitive one. There's a text message to his father. In which he says the following, and he's discussing um, He's discussing his uh, sister-in-law, who for quite some time was his lover. And he says, uh, she, she told my therapist that I was sexually inappropriate. This would be with a unnamed 14-year-old girl. When she says that I FaceTime naked with the unnamed 14-year-old girl. And the reason I can't have her out to see me is because I'll walk around naked smoking crack, talking Tom girls on FaceTime. When she was pressed, she said that the unnamed 14-year-old girl never said anything like that. But the bottom line is that I created and caused a very unsafe environment for the kids. Uh, This is supported by numerous pictures of underage uh, girls, 
So, uh, Mr. Mayor, I uh, that is look, that's dynamite stuff. Uh, and I've seen yeah, I it. turned it over to the, to, to the you turned, turned it, you turned it over, it over to, the, to the Delaware State Police, correct? Yes. Yesterday, Bernie Carrick and I turned it over to the Delaware State Police because we're right. very uncomfortable with this. So we're very uncomfortable with the fact that these underage girls were not protected. So here's the deal. Hunter Biden. So the FBI eventually intervened and got a hold of that laptop. Let's not rem- let's not forget that the subpoena to the Hunter Biden's laptop was signed by FBI's top child porn investigator, Joshua Wilson. (laughs) That's amazing. And the FBI was used in many different ways throughout. I mean, the FBI was used uh, also to go after Project Veritas, who ended up with Ashley Biden, the daughter of Joe Biden, um, to go after the diary that they received which had inappropriate things about Joe Biden taking showers with Ashley Biden. I mean, it's the same FBI that went after uh, Donald Trump, same FBI that went after uh, Governor Whitmer and tried to pretend that they were going to kidnap her, same FBI that was involved in the January 6th Reichstag fire where they just made up this incident. They went through and tried to beat down the door and blame it on the protesters. Same FBI that raided Roger Stone's house. Right. They pre-informed CNN, who was lying in wait, ready to film it all. Same FBI that was going after school teachers or the parents at school board meetings in Loudoun County for showing up to go after them over their transgender uh, policies with allowing men and women in the women's room and vice versa. Yeah, the FBI is the new brown shirts and they are the they are the. Uh, the Gestapo used by the Biden administration to do all of their bidding. So Project Veritas ends up with Ashley Biden's diary, and this happens. I'm sorry, so what is this regarding? This is the search warrant. Just open up. What you're about to see is very disturbing. Hidden camera footage capturing the moments the FBI raided the home of a Project Veritas journalist Last November. The government's invasion of our First Amendment rights should send shivers down the spine of every journalist around the country. Months ago, I explained how the government conducted pre-dawn raids at my home and at the homes of two former Project Veritas journalists. Many came to our defense, including the ACLU, the Society of Professional Journalists, the Committee to Protect Journalists, Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press, as well as the Freedom of the Press Foundation. Federal prosecutors from the Department of Justice in the Southern District of New York and the FBI appear to have targeted Project Veritas because of our investigative journalism. In 2020, we lawfully received material from sources concerning Ashley Biden's diary and what it said about her father, then presidential candidate Joe Biden. We ultimately decided not to publish the story and worked with local law enforcement to return these materials to her. What you've just seen is an effort by the government to intimidate and silence us as journalists. 
So the FBI just shows up, raids the place, takes whatever they want, does the cover-up. That's what our FBI is worth these days. And then if you take it to another (laughs) way back level, let's go back a ways. There's another laptop that's out there. And I think there might be a copy laying around. But uh, Donald Trump, tell us about the other laptop. Joe Biden is always and has been a corrupt politician. And as far as I'm concerned, the Biden family is a criminal enterprise. If you read, if you read, if you read this uh, laptop, I tell you what, this is called the laptop from hell. The only laptop that was almost as good, maybe worse, was the laptop of Anthony Weiner. You remember that? Ding, 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 ding. Ah, that's right. Anthony Weiner. Remember that guy? See, the problem here is in their grand schemes, the system or the establishment or whatever this operation is that's running in the background of the United States that involves child sex trafficking, involves money laundering, turning uh, Ukraine into a piggy bank, getting money from China, whatever influence is happening, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island, whatever the case may be, um, there are a couple dolts that have messed it up for them. (laughs) And Hunter Biden being one, but Anthony Weiner was the biggest dolt. He actually went to jail and got the Jesse Smollett treatment because I'm still wondering what Jesse Smollett's role is. You know, he got bounced out really quickly, but he did the bidding of whatever the system wanted against Donald Trump. And remember, (laughs) he's not suicidal, right? Right, Epstein? (laughs) Who is taken out in his jail cell where the cameras were suddenly not working and the security guards were sleeping and he choked himself to death from three feet high with a paper thin uh, blanket. Uh, But you know, never mind. We won't know about the, uh, the sex Island out there with all the underage kids. Um, Yeah. Anthony Weiner had a laptop too. Huma Abedin, uh, her emails between, Hillary Clinton were mirrored on that laptop. And I want to go back to an interview with Eric Prince. Eric Prince is the CEO of Blackwater. His sister ended up becoming the Department of uh, Education uh, secretary, which was Betsy DeVos. But listen to this interview on Breitbart News Daily. Before the election, um, Eric Prince has friends in the New York Police Department, and the New York Police Department were the ones who ended up with Anthony Weiner's laptop. Now, Anthony Weiner was busted for sexting an underage girl. <laughs> Imagine that. Same guy who accidentally put a, a dick pic out on Twitter thinking he was DMing it to somebody who knows who that person is and how old they were. And uh, Breitbart and them took it and exposed it. I think Dana Lash was the one <laughs> responsible for writing the article on it. But listen to this interview about the laptop for Anthony Weiner before the election. Now, keep in mind, there was a quirky set of events that happened right before the election between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. If you remember, there was an investigation and then James Comey from the FBI said, "Ah, it's all good and nothing to see here. And then out of the blue, closer towards election night, they reopened the investigation and then They closed it real quick and said, see, we got it all wrapped up. This explains why they did, because the NYPD became aware of the laptop, made a copy. So maybe we can find that copy. That'd be great. And 
force them to reopen the case legitimately. Just listen. I, I want to give color on on why the FBI, why Comey had to do that last week. Yeah, please because do. Because of because of Wiener Gates and the sexting scandal, the NYPD started investigating it through a subpoena, through a warrant. They searched his laptop and sure enough found those 650,000 emails. They found way more stuff than just pertaining to the, the inappropriate sexting the guy was doing. They found State Department emails. They found a lot of other really damning criminal information, including money laundering, including the fact that Hillary went to this uh, sex island with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Bill Clinton went there more than 20 times. Hillary Clinton went there at least six times. The amount of garbage that they found in these emails of criminal activity by Hillary, by her immediate circle, and even by other um, Democratic members of Congress was so disgusting, they gave it to the FBI, and they said, we're going to go public with this if you don't reopen the investigation, if you don't do the right thing with timely indictments. I believe, uh, I, I know, and this is from a very well-placed source of mine uh, at 1PP, One Police Plaza in New York, uh, the, the NYPD wanted to do a press conference announcing the warrants uh, and the additional arrests they were making in this investigation, and they've gotten huge pushback to the point of coercion from the Justice Department, with the Justice Department threatening to charge someone that had been unrelated in the uh, the accidental heart attack death of Eric Garner, the guy, uh, almost two years ago. So that's the level of pushback the Obama Justice Department is doing against actually seeking justice in these email and other related criminal matters. Uh, you know, there's five different parts of the FBI conducting investigation into these things with constant downdraft from the Obama Justice Department. So in the, I hope, unlikely and very unfortunate event that Hillary Clinton is elected president, we will have a constitutional crisis that we have not seen, I believe, since 1860. Now, I broke this up into multiple parts because it's pretty long, but... I want you to also notice something else. Um, take a listen to uh, the second part, because, again, who's doing the bidding? <laughs> the FBI, the Department of Justice. At the time, James Comey was running that scheme, right? They were running that, that, uh, that organization. Um, but the FBI jumped in again to save the day for the leftist. NYPD was the first one to look at that laptop. Hillary, I'm sorry, Wiener and Huma Abedin, his wife, the closest advisor of Hillary Clinton for 20 years, have both flipped. Okay, they are cooperating with the government. They both have, um, they see potential jail time of many years for their crimes, for, uh, for Huma Abedin sending uh, and receiving and even storing hundreds of thousands of, of messages from the State Department server and from Hillary Clinton's own homebrew server, which, which contain classified information. Um, Wiener faces uh, all kinds of exposure for the inappropriate texting that was going on and for other information they found. So NYPD first gets that computer. They see how disgusting it is. They keep a copy of everything, and they pass a copy onto the FBI, which 
finally pushes the FBI off, um, you know, off their chairs, making Comey reopen that investigation, which was indicated in a letter last week. The point being, NYPD has all the information, and they will they will pursue justice within their rights um, if the FBI doesn't. And there is all kinds of criminal culpability through all the emails they've seen uh, of that 650,000, including money laundering, uh, underage sex, uh, um, pay for play, and of course, uh, you know, plenty of proof of inappropriate handling, sending, receiving of classified information up to SAP level special access programs. So the FBI is doing the cleanup, but we know that Hillary Clinton went to Epstein Island. Bill Clinton went to Epstein Island. All types of money laundering things on the laptop. All types of uh, images. Things that would get any of us thrown into jail for hundreds of years. And this is all a part of a bigger system. If you remember, and I'm not a fan of this guy, but Matt Gates. It's not that I don't like him. I just didn't know much about him in the beginning. I, you know, when I was on Team Cruz and uh, Donald Trump was running for the primaries, he always seemed like a grifter. But then I found out he's actually a pretty genuine dude, um, and I've grown to like him a bit. But this incident played out pretty amazingly uh, to me. And what it was was Matt Gates said something on Newsmax. And it was a pretty amazing statement. And I remember watching it going, whoa, what is this? And then, and he was talking about the border. He was talking about trafficking. And we'll play it here in a second. And then all of a sudden, he was hit with a barrage of, of uh, uh, accusations that he himself was with underage uh, woman, which we found out later, I think when he was like 21 or something. She was like 17, 18. She just turned 18 or something like that. So it really wasn't what they made it out to be, but they used it and exploited it and then tried to accuse him of being a part of some trafficking thing. Hmm. Funny. What did they say? What did Victoria Newland said that the Russians do? They accuse you of what they're actually doing, which is what the Democrats do. So they did this to Matt Gates. But listen to this statement that spawned it all. And you tell me what you hear in this statement. Biden's policies are open arms to illegal immigration. And the crisis we have at the border right now is like a gathering storm and the flood is coming. What I can share with you, Chris, is that I've got intelligence directly from Northern Triangle countries that these cartels, these waves of illegal immigrants, they aren't just being fueled by the organized crime in that part of the world. They're also being funded by U.S. taxpayers. That's right. U.S. taxpayer money flows through the State Department, through USAID, and that money is ending up in the hands of NGOs that are advertising for and facilitating the caravans and movements of people into our country. It's sad to admit it, but the U.S. government may be one of the biggest human traffickers in the world because even after we get these folks, the policies of Joe Biden have us just sending them all around the country under a catch-and-release policy that Donald Trump had reversed with great success. I'd say that's pretty incredible that the government, NGOs which are basically non-governmental organizations, uh, the cartel. I mean, everybody's involved in this. 
And he actually said that he has evidence of this. And look what it caused. It caused a crap storm against him. And it was basically them, the media, uh, they were able to get together and say, hey, we're going to send you a couple warning shots here. We're going to accuse you, but we're going to only go so far. We're going to put the pressure on until you kind of get a little quiet and step off of this. And then, hey, look what happened. (laughs) I haven't heard Matt Gates talk about it, but then he hasn't been given the media floor to do so. So maybe he is. We're just not hearing it. But they definitely went after him. So there's something going on. And I hope for this entire podcast, you have learned that there is a problem on the side of the left with pedophilia. There's also a bigger machine running in the background of the United States and across the world of corporate elites, our political elected class, um, cartels down in Mexico. There's a machine running child trafficking across the border. Its involvement in Ukraine is still not completely clear, but we know that it's happening. That's why these leftists are over there. Uh, not even leftists, the writer over there too. It's just this bipartisan attempt to turn Ukraine into a state, a failed state that they can use as a money pit. I mean, I, it's amazing. And hopefully we can get the house back. We can get the Senate fortified. We can get the presidency eventually. Maybe we can clean out the bureaucracy Maybe we can clean out the committees in the House and the Senate. We could start investigating these kind of things and find out what's really getting, uh, what's really happening in the background and really get to the bottom of things. But that's wishful thinking. So I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart. You can also check it out in the Roku streaming store. Get the free Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. And then you can also be on the show 1929 go go usa you can also donate anchor.fm slash adrian slade slash support we'll see you guys next time god bless